Well, good morning, Union Chapel. It's so good to be with you this morning. I pray and trust that you had a great Christmas, and I'm so excited about what 2024 has in store for us, for me personally, for Union Chapel, and I pray for you as well. I just want to give us a quick, encouraging word this morning as we dive into the new year. My name is Christopher Glotzbach. I have the privilege of serving here on staff, and I just want us to take for a moment into consideration what happened right after Jesus was born and the days following after the angels leave, after the excitement of Jesus being born into the world wears off. And I know that that might sound interesting to say, but I'm sure that you have experienced it yourself in your own life. After you have a really amazing encounter with the Lord, maybe you have this uh, word from the Lord that is just so profound in your own life, and then a few months go by, and you forget about it. And the supernatural experience that you are riding the wave of you begin to go through the day-to-day and things become more natural and the days continue and you forget about what happened a few months ago. And so I just want us to pick up in the story. I want to set the stage. Of course, we're familiar with the story here in Luke chapter 2, but in case you're not, in Luke chapter 2, Jesus is born into the world and an angel presents itself out into the fields nearby to a bunch of shepherds who are just watching their flocks, doing their job another day, and all of a sudden, an amazing event happens, and that's where I want to pick up in our story. If you would, it's our custom here at Union Chapel to stand in honoring God's word, and I want us to do that. No matter where you're at, I know that you're at home watching this online, but I want to encourage you to stand up because Jesus is present wherever you are, and we want to honor the hearing of his word. So we'll Pick up in the story in Luke chapter 2, we'll start in verse 13, and here's how the text reads. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. And in verse 19, I love this section of scripture. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. May God encourage us and inspire us through the hearing and receiving of his word. You may be seated. I love to think about this. What happened right after Jesus was born was magnificent. It was a miracle. Angels are appearing and they're manifesting themselves in a spirit of worship and adoration and praise for the coming Messiah here on earth. And all of a sudden these shepherds come and they're also worshiping the Lord together. And it's a beautiful scene. And picture this, Mary and Joseph are out humble in a manger with their newborn baby because there wasn't any room for them. And they're rocking Jesus. And and I just picture Mary saying, man, I'm I'm treasuring these moments in my heart. This is a beautiful, beautiful moment that I don't want to quickly forget. And then I want to fast forward in the story to the near end of the chapter in Luke chapter 2. 
The story starts in verse 41, and it goes like this. Every year, Mary and Joseph, their family, their kids, Jesus, would go to Jerusalem, the holy city, and they would participate in the festival of the Passover. And every year they would do this ritual, and every year they would leave to go back home. And this year in particular, on Jesus' 12th year of life, they go and participate in the festival, and then they leave. And I want you to picture this because it isn't just them hopping into a minivan and leaving. No, they would go in a caravan of their family and friends and close relatives, and they would journey together. And so imagine hundreds of people together leaving Jerusalem, and all of a sudden they're a day away from Jerusalem, and they see around them that Jesus isn't there. He's missing. (laughs) And Mary and Joseph begin to panic. They become anxious. They're overwhelmed. They don't know what to do. And they look around. Where's Jesus? They're starting to ask people. I don't know. I don't know where Jesus is. So they journey, they journey back to Jerusalem and they find Jesus. This is interesting where they find him. And we read about this in verse 45. And when they did not find him, they went back to Jerusalem to look for him. In verse 46, after three days, Jesus has been missing for three days, When they did not find him, after three days, they found him in the temple courts, sitting among the teachers, listening to them, and asking them questions. Everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. Jesus replies, Why are you searching for me? Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he was saying to them. And in verse 51, when they went down to Nazareth with him and he was obedient to them, but his mother treasured up all these things in her heart. And this is what we hear for the second time in Luke chapter two, 12 years apart. And I envision that Mary is starting to learn that she ought to be treasuring sacred moments with Jesus. And I really believe, and my prayer is that as we enter into 2024, that we would be more mindful of sacred moments with Jesus. And my prayer is that this would be our prayer and encouragement as we enter into 2024, that there will be moments that feel natural, that are just another day, just another day in the office, just another day parenting sick children, just another day driving to work. But what if I told you to treasure those moments in your heart, to know that God is with you? And not only is God with you, you are with God. And that is what makes it sacred when you become aware of these moments. For me, I've been thinking about this message, obviously, so it's been convicting and challenging of me. And of course, outside of preaching and pastoring people, I've taken a part-time job at Yorktown Middle School at the high elite level of sixth grade, and I've been coaching their boys' basketball team. And it's been a lot of fun. And as you can imagine, in sixth grade basketball, these boys are just knuckleheads at times. Oftentimes, I get so frustrated and angry and mad at them for just joking around and messing around and making fun of one another that I make them run. Like run until they're begging me for mercy. Coach, make it stop, please. Kids are over on the sidelines throwing up because it's just so overwhelming the amount that they have to run as punishment for being knuckleheads. So you can picture all this, I'm sure. Well, word got around as to what I do professionally 
And it was interesting the change that began to happen in the boys. They used to just shoot and miss a shot and say something inappropriate and never apologize. They would do it unapologetically. Now, when they miss a shot and say something inappropriate under their breath, and I look at them, they apologize. Oh, sorry, coach. I know I'm not supposed to be doing that. And so they know that I'm a pastor. They begin to ask questions about God and about spirituality. And recently, I noticed one of the boys, he was wearing a bracelet that talked about being the light of the world. And I went over to him and I said, hey, do you, what's that bracelet mean? He was like, I have no idea. I don't know what it means. And I said, well, do you want to know what it means? And I had the opportunity to share the gospel with him. And it was really a profound moment. Those are the moments that I began to cherish in my heart. But the Lord started to convict me about this and, and just inviting me to start praying more about the experiences that we were having as a basketball team. And so I just started to pray more and more just for the Lord to open my heart and to be sensitive to what was going on and for opportunity to continue to love these guys as Jesus would want me to love them. And we had our first game at the beginning of the season and our kids are anxious, more anxious than I've ever seen a group of boys. And they began to just uh, just be overwhelmed and they were not doing very well emotionally. We're in the locker room pregame and this Young man who has this bracelet on that I got to share the gospel with at the beginning of the season stands up. He says, Coach, I'm not doing well. I'm really overwhelmed. I'm anxious. Can you pray for us? He put me in this uncomfortable spot. I didn't know what I was supposed to do. I've always heard that you're not supposed to pray in schools. You know all these things. Uh, And I didn't want to put my job in jeopardy, but I'm a pastor. And this young man asked me to pray. And so I began to think about it, and I said, okay. I asked the locker room, does anybody have a problem with me praying? And if so, ask God to have me stop because I'll listen to him. I'm not gonna listen to you. And then I prayed for our team. And it was a beautiful moment. And this has become the rhythm. Before we run out onto the court, they always ask me. I will never ask to pray, but if they ask me to pray, I will always pray before our game. And it's been a beautiful, beautiful thing. And a couple of days ago, I I was just praying and and thinking about this team and and just, again, inviting the Lord into my mundane, everyday life. Every day, I have practice from three to five. And so I just ask God, God, what do you want me to do today? God, what do you want me to do today? And that's my prayer every time as I'm driving into the gym. And the other day, as I was driving to the school, I felt the Lord impress on me to reach out to one of our manager's parents about having him dress for a game, our first home game was coming up, and so I reached out to the family, and just a little perspective and backstory, our manager's dad had been diagnosed with cancer, and they didn't think that he would make it until Christmas, and I wanted his dad to be able to see his son play in a basketball game, and so I reached out to the family, and of course, they were so excited to see their son play in the game, and I wanted to show a quick little video of what happened in this game. And you can see the excitement and the joy in that moment. It was sacred for me. And I just picture that there was a heavenly host. There were angels present in that moment. They were glorifying God because any reflection of goodness is a reflection of God. And I know that God was present in that gymnasium. And there wasn't a clear, dry eye in that auditorium, in that gymnasium. It was emotional. 
It was beautiful. It was spiritual. And these are the types of things that we get to participate in. Life in the kingdom is exciting. The kingdom of God is a beautiful place to be. And I really believe that the kingdom of God was there in that moment. And fast forward, just a few days after that beautiful experience, again, just the day-to-day, mundane, things happening. I'm coaching a basketball game, and one of our guys goes up for a layup, and he gets pushed in the back. And as he's falling to the ground, he braces himself and breaks his wrist, dislocates his wrist. And he's in shock. He can't believe what just happened. And I go over to him, and I help him up, and I walk him out of the gym. And our guys are just, they're not well. I mean, they just saw something really traumatic. They're just lost a, a really close friend to an injury, and, and they're thinking, this could happen to me too. And so we go into the locker room, and again, this young man that I, I saw with the bracelet that I got to share the gospel with stands up, and he says the same thing that he said at the beginning of the season. Hey, coach, listen, the only time that I really feel fullness of peace is when you pray. That's the only time that I feel at peace, and I'm not at peace right now. I'm feeling really overwhelmed and sad for our friend who just broke his wrist. Can you pray for us? I looked at them. I said, of course. So we began to pray, and another kid raised his hand. Coach, I'm really sad. My grandmother just died last night of cancer. Can you pray for me and my family? And it's interesting the things that have come out of that. And it's also interesting that I'm just doing my job. I'm just coaching basketball. I'm just showing up and being present But where you are present, Jesus is also. And so my encouragement is that as we walk into the new year, as we walk into 2024, to be mindful to spend time with the Lord, that Jesus is longing to be with you and to encounter you and to challenge you and to invite you into situations that can make an impact in the space that you're there and available in. And not only do we spend time with Jesus, but Jesus is spending time with us. And so, yes, I know that there will be moments where it feels like there is angels around you and glorifying and honoring God. And it feels like the level and the area between heaven and earth is very thin. And it's obvious that God is around and present and you feel the spiritual high. But there will be a lot more moments in 2024 that just feel like another day, that just feel ordinary, that don't feel supernatural, that don't feel spectacular, and that is where the majority of our year will be spent. But I want to encourage you and invite you to be more sensitive to Jesus and his kingdom as we walk through this year, because no time with Jesus is ever wasted. And so yes, as you're driving to work, I want to encourage you to be in a spirit of prayer, That's been convicting of me as I get cut off on McGalliard and I'm tempted and I fall short often of blaring my horn at the person who just cut me off as I drive to the church to go to work. So I can confess that I am a long ways off of being able to invite God into the highs and the lows of my journey. But I'm getting there and I'm becoming more aware of God's presence in my life every moment of every day. And again, this just reminds me of my, of my favorite psalm, and this is how we'll conclude. In Psalm 27, 4, it just simply says, one thing that I ask of the Lord, this will I seek after, 
that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. And may God give you peace as we journey together through an exciting year. There's a lot of change and transition happening here at Union Chapel in our lives. And God is in control. And God will ultimately give us peace. And so I hope that you stay encouraged. I hope that you stay engaged as we enter together and journey into whatever God has for us. Mm -hmm.